0: This episode of the A List Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, Indeed.com, and Rocket Money. Welcome into the A List Podcast. I'm Quani Lunas, joined as always by Ashrod Blakely and Gary Washburn. Happy Thanksgiving week, friends!
1: <laughs> Thank you, Quani. Gary in his Celtics green. I see. Well done. I see you. Okay. That's Boston glow okay. green, actually. It's Don't get Boston it twisted. Really? Today. Yeah. And oh, I'm wow. very- so, the, so they're,
0: they're green teamers. Okay, and I'm wearing FIFA oh, World Cup. Gave Tellin- <laughs> He's,
2: gave <me laughs> He's gave me the hoodie, Sherrod. He asked question. questions. <laughs> <laughs> Sherrod didn't get the hoodie memo today, clearly. Oh, okay. Clearly, I did not. <laughs>
0: it's okay. Sorry about that. We'll let you know next time.
1: <laughs> yeah, there will not be any wardrobe change for that.
0: <laughs> but the Celtics, let's talk about them. Their winning streak now snapped by the Chicago Bulls. And this is the second time they lost um, to them this season. So what do you think about Chicago specifically is becoming their kryptonite? <laughs> if that's too with, did, she, did she
1: just say kryptonite? Yeah, yeah maybe.
0: might,
1: Maybe. Mm. Could be kryptonite with a, with a C instead of a K. Because when you look at the teams that they struggled against, you got these guys and you got Cleveland. Uh, and those are the only two teams that have been able to hand the Celtics Ls this year. So,
2: sure. That's <laughs> another. That's another C. Corny. <laughs> wow. So three C's. That's a corny. Think... That's one of the corniest things you've ever said.
1: <laughs> you know what, Mister Mister Happy Happy Go Lucky leprechaun Green. So you gonna Charlie lose a green, Charlotte, not so gonna, giant. You're gonna
2: lose a Charlotte. Like what we go. Like what are we doing here?
1: If they lose a Charlotte, I want to. I, I want to hear what you guys say then, Gary. Okay. Okay. So don't, don't, don't sleep. Don't sleep. The, po- the point is, they have there are only a couple of teams that have managed to, be, to beat the Celtics consistently. And the one thing that, again, I, I think both of those teams have in common is they have a big that can make an impact. When you look at Cleveland, they've got a couple of bigs whose presence was, was impactful. And if you look at what Vucevic was able to do for the Bulls, same deal. I mean, Al Horford was as bad as we've seen Al Horford in a long time. I mean, the idea of taking nine shots and missing every, not damn near everyone. No, missing every single one of them. Uh, And them having absolutely no answer around the paint or or defensive shortcomings. And you just go down a list of all the things that you fear about the Celtics came to fruition against that Chicago team. And and twice. I remember the first time they played, they were up by 19, killing them. And then all of a sudden it was as if they thought the game ended after like six minutes. Uh, So this I'm not concerned, uh, which is another C word that Gary probably don't like, but I'm not concerned about this, but it's definitely worth making note of that the Celtics, have, there are only a couple of teams that have figured out how to beat them. And I'm not sure if it's a matter of them beating the Celtics or whether the Celtics beat themselves. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear what Gary starts on that because uh, there's a lot of the stuff that the Celtics normally do and, and get offensively that was there. In that Chicago game. So I'm not really sure if it's a matter of Chicago beating Boston or whether Boston beat Boston while playing Chicago again.
2: Huh? Well, I was con- that was confusing. <laughs>
1: oh, there's another C word <laughs> confusing, a which is that should, be, that, that should be your new moniker. <laughs> um,
2: so I let's think go it Confucius. It was, I just think it's a bad matchup. I just think the two bigs, Vucevic and Drummond, they take every rebound. The Celtics have no one to really rebound. With those guys, Um, the Celtics missed a lot of open shots early going. That kind of discouraged them. And then Chicago just slowly executed backdoor plays. They beat the Celtics defense. Demar Derozan kind of hit big shots. Alex Caruso, Patrick Williams had a really good game. I think the Bulls, when they're playing well, are a good ball club. They just don't play well a lot. Like that's that's been their problem. Levine. You know, had some big shots. Obviously, obviously he got benched in the fourth quarter, The the loss to Orlando. So it was just a combination, I think, of the Celtics just not looking crisp, maybe just two days off. You would think with a couple of days off and they would be ready, but they just didn't seem like it. But I also think Chicago, all their guys played well. Javante Green, Alex Caruso. uh, You know, I said I was just impressed. Patrick Williams. When he hit those two threes early and kind of shifted the Celtics defense away from the paint, you could tell that it was going to be a a tough night because when that guy's hitting threes, Kobe White, who's had a real up and down career with the Bulls came off the bench and made some plays. It was like every Bull player played well and every Celtic player didn't. Al, like you said, Al was as bad as we've seen him. And he just kept chucking threes up. It's just like, Al, it ain't your night. It was just one of those times. like, you're not Steph Curry. You should not be going 0 for 7, 0 for 9 from 3. Like pass the ball or take a couple of dribbles in and take a mid-range or something, but just quit chucking threes up. I just think Marcus cup chucked a couple up. Jason chucked a couple up. Jalen was really the only one who played, in Malcolm Brogdon, that played particularly well. Um, the rest of the guys, Jason just hasn't been quite right for about a week now. Um, and now he's questionable for the Dallas game on Wednesday with a sprained ankle. I remember, he tweaked that. I think he stepped on someone's ankle um, in the uh, against the Bulls, like in the second quarter, second or third quarter. He stepped on someone's ankle, uh, so he's questionable. Uh, but I think it's just a bad matchup. We'll see what happens when Robert Williams comes back. But Chicago's a team that, for whatever reason, gives them trouble. The the size. DeRozan, they can't guard him at all. And then they let him get to his spot. So it was like, you know he likes to shoot from the mid-range. And then he hit some threes. And it was like, okay, throw in the towel. If that dude is hitting, he had like what, like a contested three, two guys on him. He just, boom. And it was like, okay, it's his night. So I think it's a bad matchup. Uh, but you can't let these things linger. That's what last year's team did. You got to try to get back, get healthy, and you got an interesting homestand coming up. And uh, the Celtics should be trying to get ready for that. But, yeah, I just thought a flat game and a really good game from a team that's been really inconsistent in Chicago.
0: I want to talk about Al Horford in just a second, but before we do that, I want to talk about betonline.ag. Of course, as we know, basketball is back and bet online remains your number one sp- source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, team matchups, info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline, And as your continued source for sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports and events. Bet NFL, NBA, of course, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. So head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive those rewards. Bet online, where the games start. Quickly about Al Horford, though, what do we make of the fact that he did have zero points in Chicago, went zero for nine? Was it an off night or was it just a sign of
1: maybe a longer term issue for him this season?
2: Um, you know what? I just think it's a combination of both. Al is not a pinpoint shooter. Al has is a streaky shooter and there's nights What he had six threes, uh, last week, and then he had four in the first quarter at new Orleans. So, you know, he, he come, you know, he comes off that game against new Orleans thinking he, and then it just suddenly it doesn't happen for him. That's, that's the NBA. And that's what makes guys, are like you know 34 percent shooters 34 percent shooters it's not that they're bad all the time it's that they're really good some nights and really bad others right and especially for the three-point line so I think Al you know sometimes needs to if it's not his night um try to do a little something different dribble drive create a mismatch post up whatever, to get an easy bucket as opposed to always trying to go for the home run ball, especially if there's nights that, because I don't see Al as one of those shooters that is literally like, you know, he can miss his first five, but he's going to hit the next five. You know what I'm saying? Like that's Steph Curry or, you know, or you, you Jason might do that, but Al, usually he's on or he's off. I think he was off and they gave him a lot of looks. And I think Teams are like, listen. If he's a thirty-five percent three-point shooter and everybody else is better, you know, we're gonna leave him alone and we're gonna leave Marcus alone, and and we'll see. We'll take our chances. And I think the Bulls did that, and then they, you know, and, and Al just couldn't respond to the challenge. But I think Al has to do different things when his shots not falling to give himself points. There's he's too good of an NBA player not to score in a game. Like it's just. Not to, he's just too good for that, you know, and he can't be just launching threes and hoping they go in, go to the hoop, little jump hook, little short jumper, use your mismatch or, or if Vucevic is out there, drive past him. You've got the speed element, quickness element over Vucevic, go to the basket, dunk on somebody like use your use your powers that you have as opposed to like launching threes, especially when you don't feel it from three.
1: See, I, I think Al understands that you know what you talk about that he's had throughout his career. I, I think it, it's still there. It's just not nearly as ample uh, for him to just raise up and dial up like he used to. Uh, I think a lot of those things that you're talking about, Gary, are things that Al. I just don't, I'm not sure if he was physically capable of delivering it when he wanted to, uh, or what. And and the other thing too that you got to always keep in mind with Al, particularly at this point in his career is his role. Uh, you know, Al, for the most part in his career, has been like one, two, or three, first, second, or third option. And that ain't really the case now. Uh, and so I, I think for Al, it's a matter of, what do they want me to do? They want me to be a catch-and-shoot guy. Okay, I'm just going to do that. I'm going to catch and shoot. I, I, I think it's almost like Al needs a someone to kind of give him a nudge when, hey, bro, shots ain't falling. Go to the cup, attack. Because I don't think Al is going into games expecting that he needs to counter anything because his role is so defined in fact when you look at the guys that they play regular minutes I don't know if there's anyone who has a more chiseled out role for what they're supposed to do than Al Horford uh I, I'm more concerned about what can he bring to the table defensively I would have much rather him had an over for 9 night and Vucevic go 5 for 13 5 for 14 and then it's like okay you're not scoring you're not making shots but you're getting it done at the other end. But that wasn't the case. Vucevic had a very efficient game uh, at the rim and you know his face-up game I, I've always thought was a bit underrated. And Al wasn't able to match that. So not only are you being outperformed from a scoring standpoint, but you're not getting it done defensively either. And that's where, to me, that not having a Robert Williams is going to slowly but surely creep up and become more of a factor until Rob gets back. These players need another impact player out there to do some things in that front court. And Al, I will say this, has done a great job for the most part this season of giving them what they need and then some. Uh, While some of those other young guys like the Luke Cornett to the world and the Grant Williams, you know, kind of figure out what they can do to help and aid and assist in that front court, uh, you know, production standpoint. But they're not going to be the championship caliber team that they're built to be until gets back. And that doesn't mean they can't win games because they've clearly done that. But when you talk about winning a championship, you've got, you have got you have to have the ability to shift in whatever mode you have to go in and beat a team. And like, forget Chicago, they need a much more physical down low presence. That doesn't mean you're scoring at will down there, but have someone who's making an impact in the paint. And that's Rob Williams' specialty. His ability to alter shots, his ability to rim run. They need that badly because they've been able to get by without it so long that, you know, at some point they're going to need that void to be filled. And and, and the Celtics are chomping at the bit. Sorry if that's enough C-word that you don't like, Gary, but chomping at the bit to get back to being the complete team. There's another one that they feel they need to be in order to, to have a shot at beating all teams, regardless of whether they're, they're big physical teams like the Clevelands and the Chicago's of the world, or a, more traditional teams that have more of a kind of standard front court or they play smallerish ball, uh, ball that the Celtics have obviously shown the ability to match up well with and, and defeat.
2: Well, I think we can talk about two points here. Um, one, Al's more of a four, okay? And he's playing out of position because Robert's hurt. But the Celtics did sign Noah Vonleh and Blake Griffin to provide a little beef in the paint. And neither of them played last night.
1: There's some trust issues there, clearly.
2: Clearly. And, and that's the that's what I think the problem is, too, is that um, they need to get more, like, Vonleh can't stay out of foul trouble. And I think that they're finally starting to realize that Blake is only going to, can't play all that much like he used to. Like, if you... I mean, Blake, his left leg, he it's not moving well. It's not, it's like, he's not moving well. You know, if you see him and he, he's built like a brick house, I mean, he's still very muscular. He's, hes I mean, just a guy who work out in the gym, but you can see that his left leg with all the surgeries and stuff, it just, he isn't moving as well uh, as they probably would like. And I think when he did that 21 minutes in Detroit, that's its most is you're going to get out of Blake. When he played most of the first half and then Missoula went with Von Lane, most of the second half. I think that was like, Blake don't have 30 minutes in him. Okay. But that's the thing that concerns me is that what we, what is the situation in terms of like Von Lane and Blake, because they're both big beefy guys who should be able to push around a little bit Drummond and Vucevic and Drummond comes in there and, you know, Andre's limited. And, you know, he said, I think he's had a nice career for a guy who didn't, was kind of an unknown out of Yukon. He's, he's, he's bounced around, he's adjusted. He's still in the league or whatever, but he just, he, he, he like gets rebounds. Like, like it's like bees on honey, man. Like he just, and you got to push him away. You gotta do something. You gotta have some resistance. If not, he gets every rebound. You get one shot, and then he gets you offensive boards. Like he comes in there, like he should not be getting seven rebounds in six minutes. Like you've got to put somebody's gotta push him off the block. Somebody's gotta push on, and it's not Al Horford as much. And then it's something they had Marcus trying to trying to check him. Like, what are Griffin and Vonleh there for? You're not looking for them to score. You're saying rebound, if you need, if you get a foul, that's cool. We don't really need you late in the game, but you know, don't put us in the bonus. But put, get, give us some boards. Give us some some wood. Lay some wood in that paint. we like, it was like last night. This is the game. You need those two guys, and I don't. So, like, I'm not sure what I know. The trust isn't there because because finally can't stay out of foul trouble and i think blake knows how to play when he's out there or whatever but can he move can he get up and down the floor like i don't know maybe maybe they just want to save blake for the second half of the season who knows um i'm not buying that but they've got like last night was a was a need for some beefier Cornet's not beefy he's tall okay he's gonna get pushed around but you got two guys on that damn team that look that that you will want is a bouncer at your club club you know the club shroud you want Blake and Vonley as bouncers because they gonna lay some and it's like they weren't in the game and you're looking at like you said with Cleveland Chicago's got two bigs that gobble up every damn rebound so you know you're getting one shot and then you know you're getting they're getting multiple chances on offensive rebounds they're getting second chances. Or they're getting they're getting put backs. I mean, Drummond just has always given the Celtics issues. We all know that, and Vucevic has too. So I'm just wondering what is going on with Vonleh and Blake, and are they going to get consistent minutes? Because that's why you sign. You know, if not, I mean, send a t- plane ticket to Taiwan and bring Dwight Howard in, or bring you know somebody. Because you're, Robert ain't beefy either. Oh, Robert Williams comes back. Rob, That's you look at Robert, Robert ain't pushing nobody around.
1: But you but know, but here is, but, the, here's, but the, here's the difference, though, Gary. The difference is that Rob has a presence that while he may not be putting the, to the Smackdown on the Bigs,
2: those other four cats they don't want none of that. They don't want no, that to the rim.
1: Right, so exactly. I, it, Robert, it, it,
2: will, it, Robert will help, but right. against in situations like Chicago game. They need beef. And that's what I thought they brought Blake in. And maybe they thought Blake would give them more or move better. I just saw him in that Detroit game. And then he's just not, he wasn't moving well. And then you see him walk and he's kind of favoring that left leg, even though And it might, not, he might be, there's probably nothing doctors can do. It's not like, oh, he needs surgery. It's just father the time. Yeah. It's the effects of multiple surgeries, multiple tears, uh, in 12, 13 years in the league. That's how of Sherrod, Kwan, we know we see some of these guys walk. I mean, you know, uh, Kevin McHale, you see him walk. You see these guys walk very gingerly. Some of these guys, when they put that wear and tear on their legs. So it, can Blake give them something? Or is he just going to be a good locker room guy? Which is fine. I, I think they like him around. I don't know. Oh, that's a relief. You know, release them or anything like that. I'm not suggesting they do that, but I'm saying to last night, the Chicago game was an occasion where you needed him and Von Lay to pick up fouls, push them around and open up the middle a little bit. And that didn't happen.
1: No, I I, I think what we're seeing is what happens when you basically, you're going with your backup for Starter like role. I mean, you, the guys that we're talking about are end of the bench guys that you don't want them out there too long because if they're out there too long, that means something is not going right for you. Um, I think Vonley would be a lot better and a lot more impactful if you did have Rob out there because those six fouls he could maximize them without it devastating your rotation if you had Robert Williams available. And you're right, they don't—they're not beefy, but the problem with Vonleh is that you know. He, he's monitoring the door to the club, but he's beating everybody coming up through the damn door. You, you're not supposed to beat everybody up. You're only supposed to beat the ones who we don't want to be in the club. Not everyone with a damn ticket. He beat grandmas, grandpas, Uncle Louie, uh, you know, Little Pee Wee. Anyone and everyone that's coming near that paint. he is giving them the smack now. He's giving you what you would ideally want, but he's giving it to you all the time in a, in a quantity level that you don't need. He picks up fouls way too quickly. And I think he has gotten the, the, he's been at the detriment of some bad whistles. there's, there's, There's no question about that. But you start looking at his overall body of work, he ain't no punk out there. He is, I mean, he is being physical, but you can't, you have to, there's a certain amount of finesse that you have to be with your physicality. And he's not that guy. And it wouldn't be a big deal if you had a Robert Williams who is able to give you more traditional, that hovering defense, that ability to, to help out your, your teammate when they get beat off the dribble and all that stuff. He's just out there whipping some ass. He's that dude. He's that dude. He's just out there whipping ass at, at the front. And as you know, I'm a big fan of them kind of dudes. Those are my guys. But <laughs> I also know that you can't be that dude and not have someone to balance that out. Uh, and that's why, I, you know, I totally get why Joe Missoula doesn't feel a tremendous amount of, of of trust in him because he needs him to play smarter, not harder. And and that's and again, I think that's yeah. been a little bit of a challenge mm-hmm. for him. And and your points about Blake, you know, I, I from the beginning I was a little bit I don't know if this is going to work because I still have those images of him in Brooklyn, and I still have those images of the way that he went through the Tatum torture chamber like nobody, and how they were how they were hunting him out. Uh, I was a little surprised to be honest with you that they signed it because, again, when they played Brooklyn, they made a point of going at him. And my first thought is, you don't think the other 2018 teams that y'all go against are going to try to do the same thing when he's out there? And I think part of their thinking is that, well, if we only played him maybe 10 or so minutes, that doesn't allow teams to make going after him a focal point of what they do. But with injuries, you, you got to consider playing him more. And then you either consider playing him more or consider plan B, which apparently is to have Marcus smart uh, deal with some of that front court smoke, who I would absolutely have at the front door as my bouncer because Marcus don't ease about that life. Uh, he will be physical. He will make some smart plays. He's just not physically built for that particular position, but it won't be about IQ. It won't be about toughness. It won't be about anything other than physics. He's physically not, there to, to play that position, but he's going to fight and he's going to scrap. And if you're Joe Mazula, that's kind of the choice you have: do I go with the undersized guy who I know is going to compete and and do the best he can, or am I going to go with the you know the the veteran for perennial all star once upon a time who isn't quite right physically, or am I going to go with the guy who's who's basically picking up six files in six minutes? And so Joe, there's just not a lot of good options for him to choose when it comes to filling that 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 alternate big man besides Al. So I get it. I I do, but I I just think that things are going to slowly but surely fall into place the way that that will give them a chance to win these type of games when Rob gets back. I think everyone's role will change a little bit and and Rob's presence will have a lot to do with that.
0: Well, here on the A-list podcast, we clearly can't fix the Celtics big man rotation issues, but if you're looking to hire for your team, no one knows your business with its strengths and weaknesses and challenges. So to succeed, you're going to need a hiring partner that adapts to your needs you need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for the candidates with the right skill sets, Indeed is a powerful, powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. With their instant match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to U.S. Indeed data. Indeed makes it easy to start hiring and only takes about 10 minutes or less for most small business employers to post a job. And Indeed does all the hard work for you. When you pay to post a job, instant match shows you candidates whose resume on Indeed fit the description that you're looking for immediately after you post so you can hire faster. When you sponsor an Indeed post in the U.S., you're actually three times more likely to get a hire. All you need to do here, we've got you covered with a $75 job-sponsored credit. You can start hiring right away to upgrade your job post. Just go to Indeed.com slash A-List. You can claim that $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash A-List. That's, again, Indeed.com slash A-List. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We talked a little bit about Al Horford, but also Malcolm Brogdon. What's going on with him? Do you think he should be playing more? Is this just a stretch of load management? What do you two gain from him not playing as much as we expected?
1: I'm thinking it's it's more about them not trying to put too much wear and tear on his body. I think it's more about load management because, again, Malcolm – the Celtics, and we've talked about this before, their focus, whether they want to acknowledge or embrace it, is making sure they get as close to the finish line of the regular season with the best record to be in position to win a championship. And when you look back at some of the shortcomings they had a you know last season, not having that additional scoring threat off the bench was a huge factor, I thought, in their inability to get past Golden State. And Malcolm gives you that. Uh, he has shown the ability to be a significantly... Uh, excuse me, a significant upgrade offensively coming off that bench than what they're used to. And they want to make damn sure as best they can that they have him when it absolutely matters most. So I, I don't think Malcolm will see too many games between now and the regular end of the regular season where he'll play in the, in the low to mid 30s. I think the goal is to keep him somewhere in the mid to high 20s minutes wise which again, for those of us watching him play, you're you feeling, you feeling like you're getting a little short with that because brother had like 23 points in 25 minutes. I think he had like six assists, uh, doesn't turn the ball over a lot. You know, isn't a lockdown type defender like a Marcus Smart, but he's not exactly an easy pass in, in high tops out there either. So finding that balance between getting the most out of him, what he has to offer, but not wearing him down in a process. I think it, it really is a, a kind of, you know, it's a field thing for the Celtics and, and they're feeling their way through that. But uh, again, you look at that Chicago game and you think that, man, if they would have just played him maybe five more minutes, how this may have been a different outcome, but to them, it's like, do you run the risk of, of kind of wearing him down a little bit more in a game in November uh, that could potentially, you know, trigger some, some health issues that might make him maybe not available for the next game. So th- there, there's a lot of that, I think, going on with the Celtics roster, understanding that, they have to win games now because they don't want to be in a situation where they were a year ago where you're playing catch up in November, but you have to do it intentionally with a focus on making sure your best players are available when you need them most. You know, some of the guys have missed games recently, other than Al Horford, like a Marcus Smart. I'm not sure whether him missing those games would have happened last year if he were having the same health-related issues, uh, the games that Malcolm has missed. I'm not sure if two, three years ago, before he had this run of bad luck with injuries, whether he would have missed some of the games that he has. And But the Celtics, they understand that at the end of the day, this is about bringing home that banner At And the key to that for them is making sure their core guys are ready to roll come playoff time. And Malcolm Brogdon is one of those guys.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not really worried about that. I think... The thing I think Malcolm hasn't been as a consistent of a finisher as I thought he would be, you know, missing a lot of layups, getting blocked at the rim. But I think he'll bring when he gets comfortable, he gets the hamstring back, you know, he'll be fine. I think, you know, Marcus is going to have to treat that ankle. So I think they'll all be fine. I'm not Marcus is not someone I'm concerned with. I'm not going to really concern. I think the defense is improved. Uh, I think they're doing better at taking steps. I just think they had a really just a Scar's not a good matchup, you know. I've seen the Bulls multiple times this year. They don't play that well against most of the teams, other teams in the league. They don't, you know. And everybody, I think, what we have to realize too, when we follow this league and we're around Boston, is that you notice around the league, like there's other teams getting it handed to them too. Uh, Denver, Milwaukee, like you know, Milwaukee got blown out at home by Atlanta last week before the Celtics went handed handed uh, Atlanta their lunch, you know, in Atlanta. Like, so it happens, you know, I just think that you can't overreact to one game. Now you can't let it linger and turn into a prolonged losing streak. And I said, this schedule coming up is very interesting. Dallas and Sacramento with, with the Mike Brown express, uh, Sherrod's close buddy uh, coach, Mike Brown, his one of the best offenses like in the league. And then you got Washington and Charlotte, another C, and if they lose to Charlotte, there'll be a problem. Washington, is Charlotte, and the home back-to-back before they get two against Miami. So a very interesting, like, um, what, six-game homestand where all the games are tricky, even the Charlotte game. You know, it should be Charlotte, but Washington's playing well. Sacks playing well. Dallas, Luca's always done well against the Celtics. We all know that. So very tricky. So you don't want this to linger, but... I think the league, the way the league is, no one's going to pull away. No one's going to win 65 or 70 games this year. There's going to be a bunch of 56, 57 win teams. Um, And, you know, sucks going to be one of them and there's going to be nights. And I think they hope that it's not too many nights that they're just not going to play well. And I said, Milwaukee got trounced by, you know, literally got trounced by Atlanta, Atlanta, Gets transferred to Celtics. Atlanta comes back and beats Toronto. Like everybody's beating up, beating each other up. You know, Miami seven and eleven. Like there's a lot of problems. So the Celtics are thirteen and four. I think they feel pretty good about their position right now.
0: And when we talk about load management, Jason Tatum, as of the most recent injury report for the Celtics, is listed as questionable with a left ankle sprain. And he's been playing. He's played every all seventeen games up until this point. When do you two foresee him? actually taking some time out for load management. I doubt it'd be against the Mavericks, but when do you two think that would happen?
1: I would hope that is before Christmas. I I would like to see him miss a game or two just to kind of catch his breath because you start looking at their schedule, you know, and it's it's a bear. I mean, it it gets really, really tough. And Jason is so important. We saw what Jason Tatum in crunch situations less than healthy looks like. We saw that in the finals. Uh, I don't think, you know, we're we're watching that game and we're watching him miss a lot of shots that he normally doesn't miss, not at that frequency. We're watching him defensively, maybe not move quite as well as we used to seeing him. And then it comes out after the fact that he was dealing with a wrist issue during the playoffs, which came as a surprise to no one when you consider how he played and and things of that nature. So I'm, I'm absolutely all in on Jason Tatum getting, you know, a game here and there. To just kind of sit back and just not do anything because uh, I do think those nights uh, of, of load management they do add up I think over time uh, and and Jason Tatum he means that much to this team this organization this franchise when it comes to winning Because in in a perfect world, if you sat Jason, then maybe you would ratchet up the minutes a little bit of Malcolm Brogdon. But then you don't want to do that because Malcolm is in many ways as important uh, in the playoffs. If you're talking about moving from one round to the next and winning a championship. So and you don't have a a lot of options that you can really turn to if you're missing one or both of those guys uh, that you can look to and feel comfortable and confident that they can get it done. You know, Sam Hauser has made the most of his opportunities to play, but I'm not feeling comfortable with Sam having to play 30 minutes uh, in this league uh, over any stretch of time. And I don't think, and Jalen, again, Jalen, we know he can score. Uh, He's proven that, but again, I'm not crazy about the idea of him having to carry the weight of this team uh, over a long stretch of time when he doesn't have someone one as explosive and dynamic as Jason Tatum playing alongside him, so I, I, I'm in favor of them looking for ways to get Jason a little bit of downtime between now and the, when the calendar flips. Uh, and Dallas, I think I think you're spot on. I don't think that's necessarily the game because of Luca and because of Luca. What Luca's done to Jason, I mean, you, if you start going through the Luca highlight reel, you will see a little more Tatum than you thought you would. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I still have you know firmly branded in my mind. That fadeaway that he hit over Jason, uh, you know, not that long ago, that just there's no way in hell he should have be been able to get that shot off, let alone make that shot with nothing but net in late game type situation. And yet we we see Luca make that shot time and time and time again from that same spot. Uh so no, I don't think Jason, if Jason's healthy enough to play, he's gonna play. This will not be load management. If he's out, it will be because that ankle is that sort of where. He's just not able to do what
2: he's accustomed to doing. Yeah, I mean, I think they, they gotta watch out for Jason, you know, save him from himself in terms of like, you know, you don't want him going 38, 39 minutes a game. You have to find stretches in the season. Now they have Sacramento and a home back to back Monday and, sorry, I think a, a Sunday and Monday with Charlotte and Washington. Do you give him one of those days off? Do you give him that Charlotte game off? Maybe then he gets a couple of days off and then then they play Miami on that Wednesday. Um, I think they've got to maneuver. And I think they're just probably going to start figuring out, okay, when do we give Jason Tatum a break? It could be, you know, now, obviously uh, we know TV plays a big part. The game tomorrow is on ESPN. Uh, You know, does the Celtics feel pressure from the league to play Tatum when they're advertising that it's Tatum against Luca? Maybe they do. Um, obviously, going to do what's best for the team, but I do think Tatum says he wants to be out there. But you, you, you're trying to give him multiple days off. So I would think, if I'm the Celtics, that Monday game against Charlotte, you give him two consecutive days off before the Miami game. He's not playing any back to backs. And then they head out on that long trip It starts in Brooklyn and ends in LA. Um, I think he'll want to play in all of those games. So I think that Charlotte game is some game is a game I would target. And then depending on who Miami fields, like Miami's been really, really banged up. So if they're missing three or four guys, do you kind of counter and give them one of those games off? You know, we'll see. You know, but I, I think Tatum, you're going to, you're not, Tatum's not going to go into, uh. you know, I remember, I think it was like he had played 80 or 81 games and was like, I want to play all 82. And then they talked him out of it. And I think they gave him the rest. It was, it wasn't the, it wasn't last season it might have been the season um maybe the season before last or something where like he was close to playing a full season or and, and then uh, you know they talked him into it so i don't think he's going to be up there saying you know play me 40 minutes but i'm also think he wants to play in every game so mm-hmm. i think they'll devise a plan i'm sure especially in december to get him a get him a little breather uh before the schedule really kicks in
1: yeah I mean, obviously the Celtics are looking for ways to kind of, you know, get give, give Tatum a break. And our listeners, we got a way that you can give yourself a break at the bank with our new sponsor rocket money. Are you wasting money on subscriptions? 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. Maybe for you, it's an unused Amazon prime account or Hulu account that never gets streamed. There's this great app that helps you track all of your expenses. And because of it, You no longer waste money on subscriptions you don't even use. You might have heard of it. It's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to $200 plus. Don't even think about it. There's this app that you are going to love using that takes care of that for you. It's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. Now the app shows you all your subscriptions in one place, which is huge, and then it cancels for you whatever you don't still want. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you need to do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of those useless subscriptions of Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com alist A-List. Seriously, it could save you hundreds a year. That's rocketmoney.com alist A-List. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com alist A-List and give yourself a little bit more Money in the pocket at a time of the year where everybody is looking to save a little bit of money for the holidays and all those holiday uh, wish lists that everyone has. Because I know Gary's looking to save some money so he can Even, give me and Quanee some really good gifts, yeah, right, Gary?
2: Even <laughs> Uncle Louie and Little Pee Wee, you know exactly. We're, 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 Cause they exactly. got beat up,
1: so they need oh, some money. Be-
2: yeah, they got to go to the hospital, so you know we got to save money for the family, Gary. Yeah, we got to get, we got to give, yeah. You're right. I do need to save money for you guys' Christmas gifts. There we go.
0: I just signed up. Actually, it took like the whole time you were reading that ad, so it was pretty straightforward.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great idea. I mean, because I, I still, you know, right now, and it's usually around this time. I get messages reminding me about renewing for services. And I'm like, wait a minute, when did I sign I don't up? Right. <laughs> yeah. So the, the time the timing of this is really good. Really good to kind of catch that stuff and figure out what to keep and what to not cheap, so.
0: I like it. Sounds like a plan. Do we want to quickly go around the NBA before we wrap this up? Because you know we got to talk about our
1: Speaking of plans, Kwani, speaking of plans. It looks like Brooklyn's got a plan now. Uh, Let's bring Kyrie back, y'all. Yay! And that is like most of what what surrounds Kyrie didn't quite go as planned. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious, just Gary, your thoughts on the Kyrie comeback. Uh, to, to to the association and just. Are we, talking about 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 that? we talking about the cues? We talking about the
0: cues quote outside of the Barclays Center? That too, yes, 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 and that isn't quote. They weren't the Omega Sci-Fi Brothers.
2: No, no, um,
1: no, they were not.
2: I think it's long overdue, and I'm not saying he shouldn't have been suspended, but I think that this is a very tricky, touchy topic. We don't want. And I think, I can speak for everybody, you don't want racism in the league, you don't want anti-Semitism in the league, you don't want any of that. That's wrong. Okay, it's wrong, it's immoral, it's wrong. Um, I think what we don't want is everybody to think the same. And there's going to be people with different beliefs who don't believe, you know, who, who, who follow certain religions. You know, we had Ennis Cantor, you know, we had other guys in the league who were Muslim or like we don't wanna discourage free expression either. So I think Kyrie, this is a lesson, for, I think, for everybody. Kyrie needs to learn to express himself better, come across better, be careful of the things he posts on Twitter, watch the movie and understand the, 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 the damage it can cause people and understand that you can't post everything on social media. There's, move, you know, you can't post episodes of, you know, your favorite show back in the day it might be some have an offensive scene, or that wasn't offensive then is offensive now, or it might be something that that you just have to be very careful. And I think Kyrie, if you hope that he learned a lesson from this, and you hope the league learned a lesson from one, how to deal with the situation properly, uh, to you know, and encourage free expression, but also education, education about these topics. Look up, if you if you don't know about Black Israelites, study it, look it up. If you don't know about anti-Semitism and the, the, the path of Jewish people, look it up. Do research. You got Google. You got all types of things you can read. Educate yourself. The players, us, everybody, educate yourself. If it's something you're not used to, you haven't heard about, I know, I mean, going back in my old days, playing ball in the park in Eaglewood, the Black Israelites used to be at the park. Talking to the brothers, trying to, to, to convince them that blacks were Hebrews. And it was a different stance. Yes, you know, when you go, I grew up Catholic, you go to Catholic church, you don't learn that or whatever, you know, and and those brothers was very serious about their about their beliefs. Um, and you don't want to discourage someone being serious about different beliefs. You just don't want racism, discrimination, um, uh, and offensive language in, involved in that. And I just think. This hopefully will teach us how to how to research things that we don't know about. The history of man, wh- whether you think who is the original man on Earth. You know, read books. If you have a different belief, I think that's okay. I think it's okay for Kyrie to believe that the Black man was the original man on Earth. I think it's not okay for him to p- uh, promote an anti-Semitic film or film he obviously didn't watch or ignorantly, fo- ignorantly post something that he has a lot of impact and he has to understand that. And I think hopefully everyone will educate themselves, including Kyrie and me. I'm looking some of this stuff up, you know, because I think as black folks, like black nationalism is something that, you know, we've all been probably exposed to, through, you know, maybe uncle Louie, a little peewee, uh, you know, uh, you know, or, you know, bring home a Quran or go to the mosque and you're like, oh, okay. That's something that, we didn't grow up on, you know, and, and what are you going there for? You know, things like that. Like we have to educate ourselves and hopefully this will teach everyone to educate themselves and then be aware of what you post on social media. Hopefully I think it's, let's, let's see if Kyrie can stick the basketball for a month. Let's, let's give him just one month. Let's see if he can stay at the headlines for one month. That's a long time, you know, but let's see if Kyrie can just stick to hoop. And then get back to what he does, and I think everyone admits they love when he's on the court. They love to watch him play. He's an entertaining player, a great player, skilled player. You know, uh, yeah, I think honestly, Sherrod and, and Kwani, if not for all this drama over the last couple of years, he probably might have had a chance for the top seventy-five team. I don't right. think there's, I don't think that there's seventy-five players who have played in the NBA with a more of a skill set than Kyrie Irving. I just don't. Now, do I think he's a top 75 player? I'm sure people like, hell no. The same with Dwight Howard. But I think Kyrie needs to focus on who, and we need to all educate ourselves and understand what the heck's going on, that the Black Israelites are not Omegas, that just because they wear purple, um, and (laughs) and we need to maybe, you know, have conversations, hard conversations with people Mm -hmm. about what do you believe in and and what's your belief? And, And if we don't agree, we don't agree, but at least we help and understand each other. I think John Stewart said like, you know, instead of just banishing Kyrie, try to educate him right. and have him understand what's going on over just going, get out of my face because you don't believe, like, you know what I'm saying? Because th- that's the whole thing. Like, I think a lot of us are uneducated about, like, I don't think many of us heard until two weeks ago what Black Israelites are. you know, in um, different types of sects, of religions, from all different types of people, right? You know, not only black people, whites, Asians, have different sects of religions that they believe in that we might not know about. Let's learn about that. This was, two, this was 2022. It's kind of ridiculous, like we have, we don't have to, you know, Sharad and I, you don't have to go ask your, you know, go to uncle Louis's house and get an encyclopedia from his house with five alphabets of the 26 missing. Because someone took them and try to look stuff up, you can go. You can go to Google, easy. You can go. You can do Amazon. You can get the book. You can get books if you want to learn and read. Be prepared, players. Jalen, you know, be prepared. Kyrie, like, know what you're talking about, because this is this is real deal stuff. This is not basketball. This is not hoops hype. This is real political and social issues and religions, and you better have your your, your game ready. You better have your knowledge down. And maybe this will teach us all to read, and especially especially Kyrie to learn what the post and not the post. And if he wants to me, and I'll finish up, I know it's going long. If he wants people to understand what he believes in, then find a form or a platform to explain what he believes in. And then people would understand. Lou Al who became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the same thing. And he now was 40, 50 years ago where he felt a lot of flack for becoming Muslim. If that's if you if these are things you believe in, then explain it to people they don't have to agree with you. But if you have a cognizant argument of this is what I believe in, this is what I feel, I think you gotta respect that. Because I don't agree with everything, every religion. I don't agree with like I'm not supposed to. But if I respect yours, you respect mine. That's a happy
1: meeting. It, it,
2: it doesn't help. It, go ahead, Kwani. It doesn't help Kyrie with the fact that he's already been
0: considered this controversial figure. He's essentially burned every bridge down in the teams that he's been in. So the fact that this happened doesn't surprise me. But the one thing that did disappoint me, and I know even Jalen Brown right now on Twitter is getting a lot of backlash because he confused the Black Hebrew Israelites for the the Omega Sci-Fi, and then they got into this rabbit hole of him responding. And then again, there are still people that are really upset with him. I think one of the biggest issues that I had with social media and the way that this played out was the fact that there were so many people that were quick to write off the Black Hebrew Israelites as specifically anti-Semitic. And there is information on the Anti-Defamation League's website that does say that there are sects of it that are extremists. But I think with every religion, I don't know if they, I I assume they would consider themselves to be a religion. There's always going to be the extremist Extremist. form of whatever that is. And I think that's what's falling on deaf ears just because they hate the messenger and they're not willing to do a little more research. I don't think Kyrie is anti-Semitic. I don't think Jalen Brown is anti-Semitic. I do think that they, if they are, if Kyrie at least is a black Hebrew Israelite, maybe he genuinely does believe that he is Jewish. But if that's the case, to your point, I think they do need to do a little more or maybe a lot more research and figure out a way to properly share that message. But again, I think the double-edged sword in this is that Kyrie is just not the best messenger at this point in his career because of his historic past with the league and the way that everything he's done has become controversial. But overall, I do agree with Gary as well in the sense that we have got to this point as a society where we're so dismissive of other people and other people's beliefs, especially if it doesn't align with ours. And I think that's why we are where we are today, because no one's willing to listen. Once they hear that one thing that's turns them off or maybe considered a red flag, then everyone's shut off. And then now we have all this tension. So overall, I think honestly, to your point, Kyrie might need to step away from these conversations for now, because Unfortunately, he's never going to be the right guy to say what he believes.
1: Well, I think one of the main reasons why he's not the right guy is because he has a platform that has the potential to educate folks. And he doesn't educate himself about the subject matter before he tries to educate others. And when he's called on it, he gets defensive. So you've already created a tension filled arena with when you get to the genesis of that it's because you didn't educate yourself on what you are trying to educate others on. And Kyrie, I don't I don't have an issue with him speaking about black israelites and things like that, but but understand that others aren't as knowledgeable on this as they should be and mm-hmm. understand that the only way that you should be in any type of position to utilize your platform to educate them is to educate yourself first. That's always been the issue that I've had with Kyrie on these types of subjects. It's not that he takes that particular position, whether I agree or disagree with it or not, but educate me on what you're trying to, to promote. Because when you listen to Kyrie talk, On the one hand, he'll say that I've got this tremendous platform and a responsibility, and then he will do an act that is completely irresponsible and doesn't recognize the power of his platform. And if you're listening to him, it's easy to be dismissive of what he's saying because he's giving you the power to be dismissive. He is not showing you the path of understanding what he's talking about, but rather he's just simply talking about something and having you, maybe you'll figure it out, maybe you want, but I'm just going to say what I feel. And when he's called on the bullshit dynamic of that, he's just like, well, what's the problem? And then it comes back to a, like, for example, this whole issue came down to one simple question. Are you anti-Semitic? And, you know, multiple people chimed in with the response. It's a yes or no type of question. And Kyrie literally, literally could have just said no and not said another word about it. And then, then people, then they'll fill in the blanks however they want to, but they will have on record him saying that he's not. And he did not do that. And it's this weird, sick game that he plays with the public. And I don't know whether he fully understands that this is never a good thing for him. Uh, and, and again, the last point I'll make on this before we move on is that, you know, Jalen Brown somehow gets roped into this because he's trying to balance that, um, you know, Balance the need to support Kyrie, which he has made very clear. He supports Kyrie, not necessarily his positions, but Kyrie, the individual, which I get. As someone who is a fellow NBA player, a fellow players association board member, I totally understand that. But I'm gonna just tell you right now, I love y'all, but if y'all, if y'all put some bullshit out there, I ain't gonna support that. I mean, if, if Gary came over here and said that, hey, everyone in the world should be drinking Dr. Pepper for the rest of their life. <laughs> I may love Dr. Pepper, but I may not support that if, if I, let's say, what if I like another kind of cola? What if I know? I may want to support him, but I may not want to support that position. Jalen may want to support Kyrie, but he shouldn't just align himself with his positions unless he does his homework and, Mm -hmm. and and understands what that position means. Uh, I think both of them have to be candid. They've taken some shortcuts in their social justice activism responsibility, uh, Mm -hmm. where they're, they're, out there promoting and, and, and giving an impression that they support certain things that they don't really know enough about in order to render themselves behind that movement. And then when folks do do a little research and realize this is a flawed theory that you're supporting, then they're like, oh, my bad. I didn't know that that was out there. That's funny, it took them like 10 minutes to find that out and you didn't have 10 minutes? I mean, you get 1,440 minutes every single day to live. You can't take 10 of them out to find out whether this position that you're gonna put on your platform that is followed by millions and millions of people is a position that you support? Come on now, brothers, come on now.
2: I mean, I think that one, I think that Kyrie comes across to me in some of these guys as when you fill yourself with this new knowledge, you become an expert. And But they're
1: not filling themselves with the knowledge that they're
2: being experts. They're filling themselves with saying. knowledge, but they're not understanding that other people don't have that knowledge, just like you did five years ago. You didn't know about the black Israelites or that the black people original, you think the black people are original man on or earth. You didn't, but you look down, you don't know what I know. Well, too bad. And I think that's the mentality, the lack of education. Like. It's like before every Celtic game, it, me and you and get a little peep, uh, pamphlet from Reverend Gray with the word before the, the, you know, the reverend, the team chaplain gives a hands out to the players who go to chapel and, and to media members if they want it. Uh, a little motivational word, a scripture, the Bible. I read that and I learned something from it. Now do I do I agree with everything? Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I know, sometimes I don't know. But he's educating me, right? He's educating me on his word. If Kyrie wants to be a leader, being be an educator. If you want to educate your people, people about the Black Israelites or Black Black nationalism or your position or the Native American uh struggle, then do that as opposed to being like I know more than you do, and I'm not telling you what I know. Like, that's so counterproductive. That's what disappoints me about Kyrie, because like, Kyrie, you're smarter than that. Like, if you want to have, figure out, uh, post things about the struggle of Native Americans in books, hey, fellas, read this book about Native American struggle. Hey, fellas, read this book. Not Hebrews to Negroes, that's something you didn't see. Like, give people, good quality education to devour and they will devour it. If they don't, then that's on them. If if it, if media members, certain media members don't, oh, you're, I don't want to, then that's their fault if they don't want to learn. Because as people, as black people, we all know, we all know brothers who have either been sisters who, who have been undereducated by our whack ass educational system, who are searching for more knowledge. And they have found nationalism. They have found history. They have searched things that might not, we might not have have been exposed to or don't want to be exposed to. And that's how they educate themselves. It's not necessarily going to the local, going to be Boston University. It's sometimes going to the Black Bookstore, you know, and they have tried to educate themselves. And the thing is, is that educate yourself with good quality education. Not just theories, not just rumors, not just things, because there's so much out there that people believe. So it's up to Kyrie, if you want us to know how you feel, to educate us, because I think people are willing to learn. If you're not willing to learn, then that's your fault. Right. Well, I just think that's a thing. And Jalen, too, if you want to educate, if you, I mean, I'm not saying Kyrie hand out pamphlets, but Kyrie, post a book that explains your stance. Right, not right. Hebrews to Negroes. Not right. that one. Like, you know, watch it first. Something that is educated, that's not offensive, that can give you a different perspective. Right. Because some people think Jesus was black. Some people think Santa Claus is black. You know, I mean, So you know what I'm saying? Like, some people, like, I'm just being funny with the Santa Claus one, but, like, everybody's got a theory. Some people say, it's a, like, we all saw that part of Malcolm X where he, like, called out the, the minister in prison and said you know, Jesus had coarse hair and came from the, like, it was like, oh, wait a minute, hold up. Like, you know, everybody's got their theory. So if you want to be an educator, Kyrie, be an educator, Jalen, I'm not jumping on Jalen. I think Jalen knows a lot. And I think he wants to tell people he knows, but I think they've assumed that people aren't willing to listen, or I'm not telling you because you ain't one of us. Like, you can't be that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, because, you know, when, when you look at just the, the whole, you know, black, you know, Hebrew Israelites, you know, it, you know, it would have been great if they would have just mentioned the fact that, you know, a lot of the fundamental beliefs are a combination of Judaism and Christianity. Uh, that, that's and that's just a real small element, because like Gary pointed out earlier, they they've been in a hood for a minute. Uh, for a minute back when we were coming up. And, and so that was like, for me, that was one of the things that when, you know, when they talk to you, they made that clear. And that to me is, is what's, what's missing often in the conversations that Kyrie has this, uh, willingness to start, uh, frankly, promoting and, and talking about is that that clear understanding of what you believe and what you believe means and, and why you believe it. And and just give me a sense of what the hell you're talking about instead of just throwing this Molotov cocktail of, of faith and, and thoughts into the room and, and making a beeline for the exit. That's not helping anybody. Uh, and and to say that, well, I know about it, but you don't. And, and, and I'm not going to tell. That's I mean, what, then what are we doing? What, what are you talking about? Why are you talking to me about something if you're not going to educate and enlighten me on it? Uh, so I, I just wish that they would just do a little bit more of of just educating folks on this stuff and not just assume that folks can't, can't take it because they're not going to take the bullshit. You're right. They're not going to take you saying, I know this, but I'm not going to tell you anything about it. Yes, they are not. going. You That will get rejected. That will be dekembed every time. Um, But when you can talk about this from the perspective of what it means and and some of the different elements of it, it gives you you an audience that's like, okay, I may not agree with that, but at least I understand where the hell he's coming from on this because he feels this way and that way. And that's the element that I I wish that they would just implement that when they're having these type of conversations. That's all. Well,
0: That's a wrap on the podcast. (laughs) Of course, every week we've ended on a Kyrie note, but the Celtics are looking to, like we mentioned, play the Mavericks on Wednesday. And then of course they play Sacramento at home. So they have a few more home, a home stand coming up. We'll be looking forward to see what they do on that run as always. And we have to thank our sponsors betonline.ag. Indeed.com and of course our new Sponsor Rocket Money which will help You save some money as we enter The holiday
1: season and Gary get us good gifts
0: Yes and make sure we get some good Gifts from Gary <laughs> But for H R Blakely and Gary Washburn I'm Quanee Lunas this is the A-List Podcast thank you all for listening You get my list Gary? I yeah.
2: hope so but I'm buying Uncle Louie And Lil Peewee gifts first <laughs> <laughs> I
1: hate you <laughs>